Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, host of the Live Healthy podcast and editor of Love Healthy. Today I'm speaking to two doctors about the first dedicated menopause clinic in Abu Dhabi. Dr. Deepti Kansel, a member of the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, and a member of the British Menopause Society, and Dr. Maryam Al-Ali, consultant family medicine. The doctors tell us all about perimenopause and menopause, a transition that marks the ends of our period and fertility and can happen when a woman is in her 50s, 40s, and sometimes even younger. At the Abu Dhabi Health Services Clinic at Al Zafarana, doctors advise on everything from menopause hormone therapy and lifestyle adjustments to the best way to treat anxiety and depression, both of which can be part of this transition. The aim of the clinic is to help women through what can be one of the most stressful times of their lives, and what better time to talk about this than in October, World Menopause Month. Hi there, how are you? Yes. Hi. I'm really excited to be speaking to you. This will run during um, menopause month in October. So it's it's cool that I'm speaking to two people who are working at the, the first menopause clinic in Abu Dhabi. And I guess what I'll just start out with, I opened over the summer and I'll just ask you, um, and whoever wants to answer, but then I can direct questions, but how, like, what prompted this clinic to be created? What, what was the driving force? Okay. Um, so firstly, I'd like to say that it gives me great pleasure for me to be here with you today. Um, and really thank you for giving us this opportunity. Um, it helps us pursue our vision of raising awareness, um, towards, um, women knowing more about menopause and, and showcasing our services. So what prompted the clinic? Um, to be honest, um, we've been seeing a lot of women who suffer from menopause symptoms. Um, and usually they might not seek help or they'll just wait for the symptoms to go away. And we've noticed that there wasn't a dedicated clinic for menopause. So we put that effort there to ease the transition through menopause while helping the women to stay healthy um, and being at their best, whether it's now or their years ahead. Um, we also feel that there is a need to encourage women to feel more comfortable to talk about menopause um, and the personal symptoms and concerns that they might have with menopause. Okay, cool. What, what kind of approach do you take there? Like we're hearing a lot about hormone therapy and we can talk a little bit more about hormone therapy after, um, yes. but what's, what's, what's the approach when, if a woman comes to see you, what, what can she expect? Okay. So we designed um, a very standardized uh, care okay, that is of high quality and, meet, and meets the international uh, standards and guidelines. Um, it is very uh, multidisciplinary approach, which basically means um, that a woman will see different doctors and different specialties during the same day. Um, menopause is, is a physiological process that involves a lot of different parts in the body. Okay. Um, and that's why, and that also prompt, was the reason why it prompted us to start the clinic, because they might complain of different symptoms 
related to different parts of their bodies. So she might be seeing a gynecologist for something and the family medicine for something else or the psychiatrist for the mood swings um, where it's, it's, it involves every part of the body. So that's why our approach was very multidisciplinary. So she gets to see the, uh, the family medicine, the gynecologist, and then um, the needed specialities. Because it's true that, and, and this is true all over the world, that menopause falls into a gap. Like family doctors are kind of the ones who have to deal with it, but they don't have the expertise often. Gynecologists and obstetricians, you would think, would be the ones to deal with it, but they don't get very much training. And then yes. the therapy, psychological aspect of it, you're kind of expected to take care of that yourself, I think, or, you know, ask your family doctor about it. So it feels like, I, you know, I'm of this age too, and it feels like a lot of times no one's really connecting the dots and putting it all together. So that's where, I mean, that's amazing that you come in there. Um, maybe can you just describe basically what it is and why it's so all encompassing? Like, I know it's the end of menstrual periods. I know it's the end of fertility, but what is the physiological reason why this is impacting your brain and your mood and your body? Yeah. Hi, and this is Dr. Deepthi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Uh, regarding that question, the, the thing is, uh, when it comes to, uh, when I mean, what makes a lady, a lady is mainly because when her ovaries, they make their hormones. And uh, those hormones not only affect the fertility part, they affect the, the, the womb or the ovaries, but they also affect, they have effects from the brain, like the chemicals which are released in the brains, in the brain. So that uh, it's all in the part, uh, it's the hormones when we, they start going down at this age, they don't not only affect the skin, the which may affect the I mean, when it comes to your uh, urinary symptom problems and all. Not only the I mean, the, the skin you have down there uh, in vagina or uh, uh, it this also affects your moods and uh, in general uh, like how are you feeling and uh, that you have what flushes and all. So it's mainly because related to the hormones, but uh, it, as Dr. Mariam said before, it is not just localized to the, uh, we say the, the reproductive system as such, the reproductive organs only. So it has a generalized effects. That is the re all the more reason uh, we uh, had planned it. We had thought about it to uh, cater to, because many times, many of the women who come to the clinic, they used to come and, I mean, they will, some, some of them are not very sure that these symptoms can be addressed as such, or they should be, they, they, many of them will just accept it. Okay, because I'm growing old, that means they will come. That is what I have heard from my family. So I have to just go ahead with it. So uh, with this clinic, what has happened is, uh, especially after uh, uh, we have already put it there that, okay, we have one menopausal clinic. So ladies are just coming in and just trying to find out, okay, I'm I'm around this perimenopausal age, like around 45 plus. So these problems which I'm getting, are they uh, related to my hormones going down or they are something which should be addressed to? Means mm -hmm. uh, So that gives like insight to the ladies uh, that what they are experiencing it is, I mean, if they really are, I mean, they're comfortable with it, 
they can i mean then it's okay but if they're not comfortable they it's something which the problem should be addressed to the doctor yeah it's a weird time of life isn't it because almost or a lot of the symptoms could be a sign of something more serious but often they're just perimenopause and menopause so you know because sometimes i'll be like i'm so tired like am i dying do i have a disease that i don't know about <laughs> or yeah you, know, you can't go running to the doctor for every every little thing that happens right so what's your advice about that uh, uh when it comes to see how we approach this is when the uh, lady comes to us we go through the complete uh history what problems she's having and uh it is not that uh, we, all the women who are coming to us need uh, hormone replacement therapy, no. So but we just try to consider how far they are comfortable with the symptoms or not comfortable. So when it comes to the hormone replacement therapy, which is specifically for these symptoms, so we tell them that see, uh, we first of all then screen them that uh, they are not having any, by, by the way that comes to their history or by test which we do, so uh, as Zafran offers, even the mammogram and DEXA, the mammogram for the breast cancer screening and DEXA for their osteoporosis and uh, even pap smear for the cervical screening. So we go do put everything together. Then uh, we put them in the risk group, like if they're high risk group or uh, then if they have a high risk factors, like some of the ladies who came, like they were not knowing that they have uh, something like uh, problems running the family, like clotting problems. So we had a few patients of that. So we just tried to screen them. We got to know that, okay, then they had an insight, okay, these, this problem is running in the family. So we offered them that if you want to go for uh, uh, hormone replacement therapy, these are the pros and cons because they were in the high-risk group. But otherwise, if they're in low-risk group, which most of the ladies are, because HRT for that matter, is not like uh, how we used to take it 10 years back. Because uh, many ladies, they come and they say, okay, if I take HRT, that means I'll increase the risk of me having cancers. That is the mm -hmm. most common uh, misconception they have. So we address to all those uh, things because as far as, uh, definitely we would like it to go to the, uh, to the ladies that know HRT is not increasing the rate of risk of cancer to that extent as we all, I mean, we all uh, used to think before. Because if we, even if, uh, uh, like the, what the data says is, if the ladies who are not taking HRT, if they like, if they have a risk of uh, one in a thousand, HRT will increase just by 0.1 person. That's it. So 0.1 person is not even less, less than one person, not in one in hundred as well. So that's what we try to just give, give it to them that it's okay and definitely you need to monitoring that definitely is there. We're not saying that it is without uh, complications, but the risk is not that much especially when it comes to ladies less than like 50 years. It means that all these risks of having like clotting problems or blood, breast cancer problems, when we go more than 60 years, it increases. Not, not less than 60 years, most of them it's quite safe. Okay. But definitely we would like to rule out the background risk they have because some of them have liver problems, some of them have uh, clotting problems, or they have a strong family history of breast cancer, we definitely want to rule out all those things before we start with uh, HRT. I'm interested to hear you say that because there's a big push for HRT now. And I feel like sometimes people are giving it out without checking out all these like background things and all doing, being really, really careful about it. But what is your 
um, like what's the latest advice about HRT? Um, you know, what, what can it help with and what do you give? Like, is it just estrogen and progesterone or is it also testosterone? Um, and what areas can it help? Uh, right now, what the latest one which we're giving, first of all, uh, latest thing is HRT is quite safe, provides the background risk of being uh, taken care of. And there is no uh, set age limit for HRT. I mean, it's not like, uh, like we have to give only for two years or five years. And the studies are being conducted even with 10 years, more than 10 years of HRT. So, uh, so that is one thing. Test of student is there in the picture, but uh, right now the latest data says that it's not, it means things are still under, you know, still in the process for testosterone. Uh, most of the ladies, they respond very well to HRT, even for the libido, like uh, it's a sexual desire. If they have less sexual desire, they are taken very well care of with HRT, only if they're not, uh, if it doesn't uh, suffice, uh, then they're not satisfied, then we go for testosterone. Okay. Okay. But, so uh, testosterone yeah. is after, um, is yes. after estrogen. Okay. Okay. And, um, I'm kind of wondering, cause you see women, like the cool thing about the UAE is there's people from all over the world here. So do you see differences in different nationalities and how we experience this? Uh, till now we are, we are, our clinic is six months old right now for the UAE. I don't have the data. But uh, as far as the world's data is concerned, like 75% in the menopause, 75% of the women in menopausal age, they have they've experienced these menopausal symptoms. And one fourth of them, uh, they, they have severe symptoms. So we expand being UAE, the, uh, it's like a combination. It's like, uh, you know, bouquet of uh, flowers from all the countries. So uh, we're expecting similar data. But uh, I think uh, after a year uh, from now, Maybe you will be in a better position if you meet again. <laughs> yes, I'll be very curious. You're collecting all this data. I'll be very curious to hear what you find out because we have a real interesting population here. Yes, I totally agree with that. It's not just one particular country. Now we have uh, uh, different nationalities there. And for that matter, like uh, in the past six months, like since we have started with our clinic, we are coming across different nationalities. And I mean, uh, whether it's an Emirati lady or it's from, she's a Britisher or Indian, we are getting all kinds of uh, ladies coming across. Uh, and let's see uh, what the data unfolds after one year. Okay. Um, can you talk a little bit about perimenopause? Because this is, this is what really seems to be tripping people up. I know it tripped me up where it's not like you're missing periods, but you things start going sort of sideways and it can be a long time. Like it can start pretty early. Can you just tell women what to watch out for? Yeah, uh, I agree. Not, uh, it's not, it's not that uh, menopausal uh, problems occur only when you have stopped with your periods. Uh, many of them will experience this, these hot flushes and mood swings or night sweats, uh, even when they're having uh, periods, it might be, they might, they might be just having irregular periods or they might be, so uh, it is mainly how we uh, go about is we just, um, uh, we'll ask definitely would like uh, ladies to, especially those who are above 45, uh, because most of the ladies will stop with their periods around uh, 49 to 52 years of age. 
but uh, after 45 most of them many of them will have uh, irregular periods and they will start uh, experiencing these symptoms it might be like vaginal dryness or pain during uh, intercourse or uh, 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 night sweats mood swings hot flushes and uh, so after 45 as a main the many of the times but there are uh, ladies who may experience as early as like uh, 35, 40 mm. years of age and uh, what we call as premature menopause that is which is appearing, I mean the menopause occurring before uh, then what we say, what is expected. So the, especially those ladies who are experiencing these symptoms before 40 years of age, we definitely would like them to know that if they can learn with problems like this. It is not uncommon. We have uh, ladies who coming who stopped. Uh, we have a uh, few of them who stopped their uh, periods as early as 30 years of age. Mm. So, uh, and those ladies are specifically, we would like to reach to them because they need HRT definitely because till they reach the natural age of menopause, which is around 50. Mm -hmm. So and why is that? Why is that? Why is it that, that they, why is that that they need? Uh, the thing is, what happens is, uh, this, uh, is these hormones uh, which are coming from the ovaries, they have effect on the bones as well. Mm -hmm. So other than these mood swings and hot flushes and all, the, the, they'll get, they tend to get uh, in, go into osteoporosis earlier. So the bone pains and weak, the bones become weak. So we, we definitely would like to cater these people and, then they should, and we would want them to come and, uh, and because see, uh, what happens is if it's premature menopause, uh, what they're lacking is hormones. So what we are doing is just replacing the hormones. Mm -hmm. So just to take care and the, what the difference between like many of them uh, take the oral contraceptive pills as well. But uh, as far as means, it's okay with if they are taking at this age, like those who are in premature menopause, they can go for oral contraceptive pill. But HRT has uh, advantage to offer like over oral contraceptive pills, like it has less effect on blood pressures and all. Okay. So, what, about, uh, what about the difference between synthetic and bioidentical hormones? Do you offer both of those there? Uh, we had, no, we have bio. Uh, we don't have synthetic ones because the uh, bio uh, little they are they are better ones. And we have the we are offering those in the clinic. Okay, so you only offer bioidentical hormones. Yeah. Okay. And then what sort of forms do you have of the of the HRT? Like, is it a patch? Is it a pill? Is it a? We have uh, right now in the clinic we have both patches and oral medications, oral HRTs, and we have vaginal creams as well and vaginal tablets as well. So okay. vaginal creams and tablets are basically the estrogen-based uh, creams and tablets. When it comes to the patches and the oral medication, we have both uh, only estrogen patches and combined patch of estrogen progesterone. Orals, again, we have uh, progesterone uh, pills and estrogen pills. Okay. So All right. And then testosterone if you need it, if you need a little, because that's we have. Yeah, testosterone, uh, we are this in the process because we need to take approval and all the testosterone is in the process. We have tibolone, which is a kind of synthetic progesterone, which we give, especially if the lady is having low sexual desires. 
and or for uh, bone pains and all. So we have synthetic one as well. Okay. And I'm, we're hearing a lot about hormone therapy to prevent things. Like I know the official menopause bodies aren't recommending this, but you see a lot on social media and people talking about preventing dementia and preventing mm-hmm. cardiovascular disease. And there is some research sort of like, what's your take on that? Like if, if I'm doing okay, should I think about going on HRT to prevent osteoporosis and dementia and cardiovascular disease? Uh, I'll just uh, address one problem at a time because everything has a different take in that. Uh, As far as dementia is concerned, uh, right now it's not proven that uh, whether it really helps in dementia. So, and uh, how to judge it, whether you're feeling better or not, that's another issue with that. And uh, so as far as prevention is concerned, we are still not into uh, the process of, okay, you take uh, HRT just to prevent things. Uh, yeah, prevention is more comes into picture right now as, as far as the data is concerned when it comes to premature menopause or early menopause, which we say between 40 to 45. But uh, natural age of menopause, like after 50, uh, for prevention, both uh, is still uh, something which we need to have data on to be really sure that, okay, this really helps. Cardiovascular factors, risk factors, definitely the HRT helps when it comes to early menopause, premature menopause. Uh, we had uh, actually uh, big studies done maybe 10 years back or maybe more than that, around 20 years back, which had, uh, they said, okay, HRT increases the risk of cardiovascular disease. Now that one has been just completely taken away that mm. no, it helps in, it doesn't increase the risk of cardiovascular diseases. It On the other way, it helps with it. Uh, only two things which we are concerned when we are giving uh, the hormone replacement therapy. One is the any hormone sensitive cancers, uh, especially like the breast cancer. Another thing which comes is the clotting problems, which we need to uh, rule out that uh, because any hormone therapy, like whether it's uh, contraceptive pill or HRT, they increase the risk of uh, clotting. So the only those things, I mean, there are other things, but two major things which we would uh, we are concerned is uh, these two. Other like depending of an individual to individual like uh, liver problems and all, we just man we see how the things are. But okay. these are the two main things which we uh, normally are concerned about. Okay, and a lot of there's a lot of talk about how you, menopause is a disease. I'm hearing this a lot. Like menopause is a disease. Is a disease. It's an ovarian failure it's a hormone deficiency like I'm seeing this a lot and I mm-hmm. wonder what your take I'm seeing your face I'm just wondering what your take is I mean I've been told by a doctor in Dubai that lots of doctors will say this and I'm just wondering what you think about that because you know it's a surprise like if somebody's saying a disease uh, I mean we tell, see it's something like very physiological uh, how we describe pregnancy that you are pregnant you're not diseased you are it's a physiological change in your body similarly is menopause it's a physiological change. It's, I mean, we are not delaying your menopause by giving HRT. Or you, I mean, it's. I mean, you don't have to bear with the problems of it, but it is definitely not, not a disease. That is the reason we wanted to create more awareness and encourage women to come out and say, okay, you have problems, you have problems. You know, it's something like I don't want to be like if you have a problem of uh, you feel depressed, you'd go to a psychiatrist. You don't go by the taboo. Okay, you will be labeled as depressed person. Mm. Similarly, you are menopausal. It's part of life. That's okay. I mean, 
I mean, that's what I give example to my patients is like, uh, a patient comes home, uh, now I'm stopping with the periods. I don't want to stop with the periods. I said, what, and then my first question is like, why? If it, they say it's something physiological. Why, what are you concerned about? I mean, you feel, I mean, she says, okay, I feel old. I said, okay, tell me one thing. Your mother stopped the, her periods. Did you have any change in attitude towards your mother? No, she remained as loving as she was, you know? So, so you'll, yeah. be, you'll not change, you'll remain as you are. It's okay. just change of uh, face, that's it. And how important is lifestyle? How important? Because all these diseases, all these symptoms, if exercise, nutrition, good sleep, like what do you advise there at the clinic? Uh, regarding, definitely, I would say that um, most of the ladies, they are, don't have too many, uh, like not severe symptoms. They have very mild symptoms, most of them who are coming and just inquiring about it. Or in my normal practice where I came across, in those patients, we generally advise them to, yeah, like we have to go for uh, regular weight-bearing exercises. And uh, if the stop, uh, I mean, we ask the advice about stopping, like stop smoking, because we have a smoking sufficient clinic as well uh, in Zafarana. Also, we are advised about sleep hygiene, you know, not to take too much of uh, coffee and all, and having a, a particular time to sleep and particular time uh, going early to bed and all, because sleep changes are one of the major uh, problems they come across with menopause. And uh, we are advised them regarding vitamin D and calcium supplementation as well. Okay. So, okay. And Mary, Dr. Miriam, this might be yes? one for you. This might be a couple for you. Hi. Um, all right. So, I'm just wondering who can come to the clinic? Is it only, is it Emiratis? Can expats come and how do you access your services? Okay, so the clinic is open to both um, Emiratis and non-Emiratis, we cater all uh, the population. Uh, we use mostly the Thiqa um, insurance and then we accept other kinds of insurance, whether it's Laman, Laman Enhanced, Next Care, Amman Insurance. We have a whole list of different insurances that we accept. In terms of how to access the clinic, um, we can appointments can be booked either through the call center, which is the Saha call center, 850, or it can be booked through the application, which is the Saha um, patient portal application. Um, and it can also be booked through the Saha WhatsApp number. Um, and they can just go in, um, select the ambulatory healthcare settings, specifically Zafarana, and then um, Dr. Dipti, and they can... Um, book the appointment. Okay. And do you just have a message for women who might be going through this? What's your, like, you know, it's menopause months. What do you want to say to them? Um, I think they shouldn't be suffering in silence. Um, there are treatments. Um, there are people who can help them. Um, and there are available treatments to reduce those symptoms. Um, so just not to suffer in silence, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Thank you ladies so much. I hope I do. I am going to speak to you again and find out your data after a year. <laughs> I think that'll be really yeah. interesting to find out. Yeah. Thank you so much for speaking to us today. We appreciate no, yeah. it. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you. Bye. 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 That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.